Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 903 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, March the 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, subscribing, rating, reviewing, supporting the shows that are covering the teams that you like. And man, we're just doing a lot of great stuff. We've also got national shows like the uh, Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, which has just recently launched and is doing wonderful stuff there, perhaps of interest to Raptors fans who are uh, lusty for draft picks and thinking about what might happen with the Raptors maybe picking in like the teens for the first time in a while that might be all right even though the whole season's been a hellscape and has been terrible might be a nice silver lining and the NBA draft podcast folks are there to prepare you for the draft when it is ready to come okay on today's show it's just me in the first segment before we get to the second part of the Toronto sports roundtable we did with Mike and AJ on Wednesday uh, talking about the best athletes in Toronto it's a pretty fun little conversation lots of Kyle Lowry talk of course lots of Pascal Siakam Fred Van Vliet we get to that in the final two segments of the show but I should start off and talk about the Raptors loss to the Atlanta Hawks on Thursday night uh not great <laughs> Not at all. The Raptors lose on a buzzer beater to noted Raptors murderer Tony Snell, who only scored six points in this game, but of course hits the wide open three on the final possession after a real collapse by the Raptors in the fourth quarter, up 15 with 6.13 to play. They go almost four minutes between buckets. The Hawks pull it close in that time. In the final minute, it's 120-116. Norm Powell misses two free throws. Then the Hawks, like, bobble a rebound out of bounds on their own accord, and Aaron Baines it up and almost own themselves. They end up getting the ball back with seven seconds left and a chance to win. And a defensive breakdown, bad rotation, Norm kind of getting out of spot, and then a tough final minute for Norm after a wonderful game overall. And, of course, Tony Snell hits the three. The Raptors lose, fall to 17-20. Now tied with the Hawks in the standings. I look I will continue to say it until I'm dead apparently but this Raptors team is good somewhere and it's just a real shame that the last three games have really sapped a lot of juice the team was on a pretty good run there and then COVID hits and they're just sort of left to float around hoping hoping to barely preserve life until they get their second, third, and fourth best players back, or their first, third, and fourth, whatever the order is you want to say, not having Fred Pascal and OG is so unbelievably damaging. You're seeing it on the defensive end. They're the three best players on the team on defense, and they're just not there, and you're seeing the holes and the breakdowns and the lack of consistency, and the fouling is out of control, and it's just it's been really, really rough. Uh, credit to Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell. They've done a really good job of like keeping the Raptors at least within shouting distance in these games. In fact, the second and third quarters against the Hawks, the Raptors looked freaking excellent. We're kind of pounding the hell out of the Hawks before Atlanta caught up. And look, it's not surprising that this depleted Raptors team 
is unable to string together 48 minutes. They have maybe two, sometimes three actually workable lineups that they can kind of go to. And you just can't play Kyle Lowry 48 minutes a game, even if it is the only way you're going to win. It's just not sustainable. It's not doable. He's 35 years old. It's not fair to him. And so you're stuck here with these losses that are meaningless losses in terms of what the team actually is. They don't tell us anything about whether the Raptors are good or not, but they count in the loss column all the same. And being 17 and 20, look, I still maintain that I think they should be buyers at the deadline. I think it's jumbled up enough. They're so close to, you know, pulling back and getting a good playoff seed just with a little bit of luck and a nice little run here, which they're absolutely capable of. And they've already had a couple of those to get back after the 2-8 and eight start, but as time goes on, there's just less time to put those runs together, and so if they start losing four, five, six games in a row here as they wait for their players to get back, and we don't know when we're going to see Siakam, Van Vliet, and OG back, it could be Saturday, but we're really not sure. We There's not really any information to go on, nothing to give you a hunch, it's just sort of wait and see. And if they lose against the Hornets on Sunday, the Bulls, or the Hornets Saturday, the Bulls Sunday, teams they're in direct competition with you know you start looking up and it's like shit there's like six teams to jump here I still think the Raptors are better than a lot of those teams if not all of them in that sort of mucky middle but eventually the time is going to run out maybe this is just a hell season and and look I don't think they should do this but it would seem to make sense that if they lose a bunch of games here and are 17 and 23 or something, maybe that will inform how the team approaches the deadline, which sucks. I don't want that to be the case because there's a good team lurking here that is just waiting for the opportunity to get their guys healthy and go on a run, but that might not happen. And so I, I wonder how much these losses are going to weigh on Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster as they try to figure out what to do with the deadline. I remain that staying the course is the thing I want to see. I think Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell, you know, sure you could trade them and sort of reset a little bit, do a soft rebuild around your core three that you have signed. But I also think, and I was kind of feeling this last night in particular, and after talking about it with Blake yesterday too, I'm really coming around on the idea of just signing Norm and figuring it out later. You know, maybe he's going to be a little bit of an overpay because he's playing this well in a season where. You know, the, the free agent class isn't amazing, and maybe he's going to demand a lot of money as a 40-plus percent three-point shooter who is one of the most efficient scorers on planet Earth in the last two years. But if it takes, like, four years 72, four years 76, something around the OG Fred number, I think I might just do it and figure it out later. Like I said, you know, that you can always trade him down the line. I, I, I think there's a lot of value in maintaining the dudes you have on your team, and a Fred, Norm, Siakam, OG, maybe Lowry core can be good next year in a season that won't have such adverse circumstances, theoretically. They won't be playing in Tampa Bay. They won't be facing COVID outbreaks that shut the team down for two weeks at a time. It'll just be normal, and the Raptors will be able to do the thing that they've been trying to scratch, scratch through and do, but they just haven't had the time, the runway, anything to get anything done this year. And I think last night's game, you know, kind of only further hammered homes, further hammered home things that I believe about this team, that they are good, that Norm Powell and Kyle Lowry are excellent and that are worth keeping around. But eventually the loss column might just stare at the Raptors front office and say, hey, do something about me, even though I think making decisions based on the, the events of this season, which are just so not indicative of what this team is and what it can be under normal circumstances and just like the constant stops and starts with health and everything. 
for the Kyle Lowry era to end because a pandemic shut the team down for two weeks and made them incapable of fielding a competitive team, and that is the reason Kyle Lowry gets dealt, I mean, I can't think of a less satisfying end to the Kyle Lowry era. It would be miserable. And so I'm still holding fast in the stay with it, you know, continue to push through and hopefully get one of those streaks together where you can win, you know, six of eight, nine of 12, whatever it might be. There's still time for that. But this Hawks game really stings, man. (laughs) And I don't totally begrudge Raptors fans for maybe feeling a little bit dis- a little bit of despair today. It's a despair-ridden loss all over the place, especially since the Hawks are very clearly ass. Like they had no business being close in this game against a Raptors team that had no players. Like they should have won this game by a lot and instead needed a last-second buzzer beater to go ahead. Uh like Trey Young, congrats on your free throws, man. I I have no I don't think he's good. <laughs> he's just like He's very loudly bad is kind of how I view, view Trey Young. Like, I, I, the Hawks are kind of a, a nightmare. And for them to win that game, good for them, I guess. But, like, I don't think that means the Raptors should be looking at the Hawks as any sort of, like, real competition in the East. They're better than the Hawks when they're full health. I don't think that's any question. And the frustrating thing is they just can't get to full health. And maybe they won't. Maybe we'll be sitting here in two months saying, man, if only they get to full health, the last ten games will be great. And, you know, we'll be just in this cycle of hell that this season has put us all in. But I still maintain there's a good team here somewhere. The fact that they've been close in the last two with no players available against the Hawks and the Celtics, again, kind of confirms that, yeah, there's a lot to work with here and a team that can be quite good, especially if they make an addition at the deadline to help them uh, down the stretch. So that's what I got on the game against the Hawks. A real bummer. Norm's game goes to waste. Shout out to Kyle for uh, moving into second all time and Raptors scoring. That's amazing. Uh, very, very cool. Kind of snuck up on you a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's another one of those milestones. And every time one of those things happens, it reminds you, oh, yeah, Kyle Lowry rocks and should be here for the rest of time if everyone had their druthers. Like, he, he's amazing. And getting to see these milestones, getting to see those little, you know, markers along the way of his career. That's another argument to keeping keeping him around. There's a lot of joy in having those moments and those big sort of milestone accomplishments that you're not going to have if he's no longer there. He's at that point of his career where it feels like there's something new every like three weeks that he's, oh, he's like the all-time assist leader. Or he's just set the record for most assists in a game or tied it. And no, and that is the second all-time leading scorer. He's at that point where he's just racking up those achievements. And that's a fun part and a fun little subplot of watching Kyle Lowry on this team at this point of his career too. So... I'll leave it there for now. We will then move into the second part of the roundtable with myself, AJ Andrews, and Mike DiStefano from Lockdown Jays and Lockdown Leafs talking about Toronto sports and Toronto athletes to close out your week. Thank you so much for tuning in all week long. thought it was a pretty fun week of shows. Shouts to Blake. Shouts to Vivek. Uh, shouts to Jordan Malley from Lockdown Bulls as well. This was a good time, and I appreciate everyone who listens as we move past 900 episodes this week. We'll be back again on Monday. Of course, we will talk about the two games over the weekend, assuming they happen, against the Hornets and the Bulls and we will uh, go from there. But now, let's get to the second part of the roundtable. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And it is also free to sign up. Just head over to BetOnline.ag and 
and use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up for your free account. You put in 100 bucks, you enter the code Locked On, boom, you got 150 bucks to play with. That's awesome. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, let's pivot, AJ and Mike, to how we wanted to close this thing off and dive in a little bit to a talk about the best athletes in Toronto. I don't think Yuta Watanabe is necessarily going to make the list, although as uh, in terms of the most uh, courageous and brave Toronto athletes, he's probably right near the top. There is, uh, you know, there's a lot of good athletes in Toronto. This has not always been one of those problems that we've had to deal with. <laughs> it's, it's usually been, oh, who's the best of this very sad collection it's a pretty good time for Toronto sports. Obviously, the Raptors are on a bit of a downturn after their couple years ago when Kawhi was very clearly the king of Toronto. Uh, but now it's a, it's a little bit different. So let's kind of go around and maybe debate through a top five. I think number one is pretty easy. Austin Matthews might win MVP in the NHL this year. He might score 50 goals in 56 games, although he slowed down a little bit with his wrist injury that apparently only allows him to score two goals a night as opposed to many more. What a freak. He's so good. Uh, are we all in consensus that Austin Matthews is the best Toronto athlete right now? Yeah, I think so. Um, this guy's doing things that I didn't know were possible in the city of Toronto. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's nice. You know, it's, it's kind of reminiscent to when the Raptors had Kawhi that one year. Where it's like, wow. This is what it's like to have like a superstar, like a true top five player in the game and uh, someone who could take over and, you know, win a game for you. Right. And, and that's kind of what Austin Matthews is doing this year. Um, 20 goals so far this year in 24 games. He's got a five goal lead. So he scored his first goal yesterday since February 20th and still has a five goal lead in the rocket race. Like that's how outstanding this guy's playing. That's how much he is scoring at will. Um, so, so I think Austin Matthews, the way that he's playing, the way that the Leafs are playing, the fact that they're, you know, atop of the, the this division, um, you know, they're right up there for the president's trophy. I, I truly do believe that Austin Matthews right now uh, has got to be the, the number one top athlete in Toronto. AJ, any counter argument? No, and I figured we'd better throw Mike a, a bone since we spent most of the episode talking about the Blue Jays and the Raptors and done no mention of the Maple Leafs being atop the North, but that's fine with me. Um, Did we seriously skip the Leafs talk? Am I crazy? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the Leafs are good. We'll, we'll, we can use this. <laughs> we can use the Matthews talk as a platform to uh, to further the Leafs propaganda. They rock. They're extremely good. Yeah. They don't need us to tell them how good the Maple Leafs are right now. I can't now. believe um, I just totally, I'm never being the, 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 the point person to the round table ever again. I've lost the privilege. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I will take uh, over the reins. Sounds good. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, as much as we like to talk about the Raptors and, and the Blue Jays, they don't really have that guy who you can say is like in the conversation for MVP, like, every year mm -hmm. so it's really hard to argue with that i mean if we're going outside the toronto sphere obviously i'm going to keep up for my local boy beat mckinnon but mm. i can't really do that so um yeah <laughs> one I have day to well, one day it'll point. happen Name <laughs> in Toronto, I, sure. I don't want him to be traded to the maple leaves to get him <laughs> into this discussion i'm fine with not having him in this discussion 
So uh-huh. I'm willing to concede that and let Matthews be the number one if it keeps McKinnon in Colorado. Fair enough. Gracious, so <laughs> going from there, it's I think number two is fascinating because there are a lot of options. I mean, I think there's some disagreement over who the best player on the Raptors is from night to night. I still think it's Kyle Lowry. I think I could hear arguments for both Pascal and Fred more so for Pascal, I think probably, but Fred's awesome. Uh, You've got in the baseball side of things, you've got a literal Cy Young finalist in Hyunjin Ryu. You've got George Springer who mashes dingers all the time. You've got, I guess, Boba too, who we kind of forget about also rocks Uh, Vlad one day, maybe, but maybe not quite just yet, even though he's down like 5,000 pounds and he looks uh, svelte and ready to, hit 40 bombs and then in the uh on the Leafs as well you've got Mitch Marner you've got Morgan Riley you've got John Tavares maybe he's fallen off a little bit but you got William Elander who's number two AJ who do you got um I'm it's gonna be tough for me to actually say someone who hasn't stepped foot in Toronto yet I don't think but mm. yeah I have to say George Springer um just because right. like I, I I can't say Kyle Lowry is the best pure athlete in Toronto, most important athlete still in Toronto, sure. Mm. But he he's starting to hit that downslope a little bit. Um, Springer is a guy who was acquired in his prime, is set to, you know, solidify a position that the Blue Jays haven't had any star talent at since like Devon White or Vernon Wells. And you know, apologies to Kevin Pillar. You're you're a highlight reel, but you're no star, baby. Sorry. There but... is no need to ever apologize to Kevin Pillar. It's fine. <laughs> I know he's on the Mets now. We don't. He's care. coasted far enough on his uh, being a white guy. We don't need to baby him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really hard for me to to like say that like i said even though he hasn't been in toronto yet springer is probably the second best athlete that the the sports market has if only because i think springer you know similar to austin matthews you can put him in the conversation for mvp of his league and be like yeah that makes sense yeah uh I, i have a tough time believing that one maybe it's because we haven't seen him live in person in in a blue jays uniform yet uh, that that could have something to do with it. But, you know, for me, I, I don't look at him as like a top 10 player in the game. And, and when I'm looking around, you know, the Toronto sports realm, and it says, this isn't me being a homer, but I mean, Mitch Marner staring uh, right course. at us. <laughs> a guy who's having just as good a season as Austin Matthews, a guy who also is in the conversation for the heart, in the conversation for the Selkie. Like Mitch Marner, if, if you're not watching the Leafs right now, is – playing out of his mind like he could have scored four goals last night if Hellbuck didn't stay on his uh stand on his head you know Marner I think gets forgotten just a little bit because he kind of plays Robin to 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 Matthew's Batman but you know I I still look at it you know Mitch Marner as a potential top 10 player in the NHL like not Mm -hmm. just in Toronto but like in the NHL and that's why I think Mitch Marner is still uh, such a, a polarizing player. I think you look at this, the the Toronto market, like no offense to you guys, but Leafs are still king. You know, the Raptors mm-hmm. are definitely putting a dent in it and, and, and have since they, they went on that run and won a title. 
but it's still a, a Leafs town. And when they're rolling, it's it's all all Leafs all day long. And, and Mitch Marner right now is having himself a heck of a season. And he is a one heck of a player and local kid, you know, easily marketable. Um, I, I think that Marner to me is the number two athlete. I, I think we got the Maple Leafs as as number one and two on this top five list. See, this is why you didn't get a Maple Leaf segment. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, it's, I don't know. Like to me, you guys obviously could have a, a difference of opinion. But for me, I, I look at it like the there's not a clear cut like top ten player in the league and on the Blue Jays, and there's not a clear cut top ten player in the league on the Raptors. I think that you can look at Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, and they're both top ten players in this league. Yeah, they play together. Is that a reason why they, they just play off each other so well that they make each other better? Perhaps. But at the end of the day, why does that matter? They're still amazing. Like we look at it the same way as we look at like Dry Seidel and McDavid when they're playing together. They're top potentially top three players in the world, definitely top fives. So why are we going to slight Mitch Marner for for having a sick and awesome line mate like Austin Matthews? You know, I, I think that he's he's a lot better than people give him credit for and somehow some way an underrated player playing for the Maple Leafs. It is almost like the freak out over his contract was a dumb and stupid and extremely Toronto media. Uh, he's very good. That said, Mike, I have to disagree. I think I'm siding with AJ here. I think Springer is the better like overall player. Like he's like, I think very much in the conversation as a top 10 player in baseball, a sport where there are more players and it's harder to be top 10. And, you know, I, I just, I really, really, I, I, maybe this is just me being overly excited to watch George Springer hit bombs for the blue Jays, but he, he rocks. And, you know, he, of course, he never cheated. He he always was against the cheating in in Houston. It was clearly oh, everyone yeah. else who bullied him into doing it. Yeah, um, it. You know, peer pressure and all that. He's, he's him and Tony to Kemp it. were the only pure ones. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I, I I don't know if that weighs on my mind at all. I, I just he is the best free agent signing the Jays have ever had. And I know it's weird because he hasn't played for the team yet, but his track record suggests, Oh yeah, no, this is very much one of the best players in all of baseball. And I think he's number two. So majority is going to win here, Mike. I will um, say though, I'm happy putting Marner third AJ. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I, I don't think I can make an argument for a Raptor above Marner. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can either, but that leads us to an interesting conundrum. We, if we establish Matthew Springer, Marner top three, for either of you, does a Raptor make the top five? And if so, which one? Because as we've talked about, it's a little bit ambiguous as to who the best Raptor is. Uh, AJ, who do you got? Um, first of all, my number four, um, I'm going to go off the board and shout out our soccer comrades and put Alejandro Pozuelo at Hell number yeah. four. <laughs> TFC love, love on the chat. Pozuelo, by the same metric, he could be MVP in MLS with a good season. So Pozuelo's locked on TFC my- coming your way, maybe, probably not, but <laughs> we'll see. Keep an we'll eye. See, we'll see what happens. I know some other people who'd be much more well suited, but <laughs> um, yeah, after Pozuelo, I, I guess I have to put a Raptor on there because I can't just be like, no, it's Kinjin Ryu. Um, and I know Mike's going to make the argument for TJ Brody, so I'll let him do that. <laughs> And the conclusion of the conversation with myself and AJ and Mike coming up in just one second as we continue to assemble our best 
Toronto Athletes Top 5 lists. But uh, first, let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar before we move on. Of course, we've been telling you about Built Bar for a long time, the best tasting protein bar in the market. Built Bar is amazing. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and amazing tasting, and also is covered in 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness, baby. Today's matchup is Churro Puff, which I have not had and I want to buy a thousand of because it looks incredible. Churro Marshmallow, uh, and as well, Cookies and Cream is up against it in the other side. Cookies and Cream, extremely good. This is a tough matchup. I'd probably go Cookies and Cream just because I've had it, but I would imagine Churro Puff is probably pretty rad too. Anyway, go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order of Built Bars as well. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the land. So if I'm putting a Raptor on there, I think the one I would put on is Fred Van Vliet. Just because, um, really? I mean, we're... Look, I I mean, as much as I gushed over Kyle Lowry earlier, mm-hmm. it's not really going to be his team for much longer. And you saw how high a priority it was for the Raptors to make sure Fred Van Vliet didn't get away to the to the Knicks or to the Bulls or anything like that. They made signing Fred Van Vliet the priority and with good reason. Like he's on there, he keys the offense, he can do so many things, he can he can light up from three on any given night he's able to find find guys on at will on the floor and he's also um, like a like an all-world defensive player too which i think exactly and and we're seeing the effects of you know kyle lowry still out there on the floor and the raptors are getting blown out by 24 against the pistons because they don't have fred van vliet or pascal siakam or og and anobi so it's it's hard for me to to look at something like that and not see how important it is because it keeps guys like garbage person Terrence Davis on the bench. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, he's called he's called redacted on this podcast, but that's excellent. Fine. <laughs> I, I just call everyone garbage person. It's like garbage person <laughs> Julio Urias, garbage person Araldis Chapman, garbage person Roberto Osuna. They, they just have that prefix automatically stamped on them. Um <laughs> But yeah, I if if I'm taking a player from the Raptors to build around for the next decade, I'm picking Fred because I I just like what I see more out of him in relation to what the NBA is now. Mm-hmm. Like OG would probably be second. So interesting. All right, uh, Mike, what do you got? Who's your? Uh, are you are you okay if we put Pozuelo at four and we're just looking for number five right now? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. I think that's that's fair. Um, It's so tough. Like, it it really is. Uh, What are our qualifications here? Is this like best? It's all subjective, man. It's sports. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But is it like best athlete, like best, you know, Toronto? You know, like what what are our qualifications here? You're just picking best vertical leap. It's Chris Boucher. Uh, oh well, no. there you go. If you want to pick PJ Brody, you can still do it. I'm just still going to mock you. Yeah, no, do what you no, gotta do, no. man. I, I, well, because I think there's there's three players on the Raptors who you can choose here, and and yeah. depending on what 
our criteria is you could go either way. Like Kyle Lowry is the most polarizing player on the Raptors. He is Mr. Raptor himself. Polarizing. He's, he's just, he's the one pole. No, everyone thinks he rocks. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. like he's just, he's, he's, he's the guy in Toronto in, in, in for the Raptors. So, you know, there's that, but if you're just looking at performance based, I think you could say that Fred has performed better than Kyle this season and has been the better player. But then at the same time, you know, Pascal Siakam has the higher ceiling, I think, and still can be that top. Maybe Siakam could be a top 10 player in the league at some point if he gets back to the level that he was playing at, that we projected him at uh, a couple of years ago when he was playing at an elite level, you know, the year that they won the championship. So it kind of just depends, you know, who like a five, a B and C for a three-way tie with, with all those three Raptors, just based on how we're qualifying things on this list. We don't know how long we're going to be able to put Kyle Lowry on lists like this. Uh, So so I'm going to put him at, I'm going to put him at five, Uh, even though, like, I think probably Siakam takes his spot if and when he leaves, or maybe even is there sort of on merit right now. I know people are down on Siakam and, oh, the contract. He's been really, really freaking good this season outside of the start there where he was not very good. Uh, and he's become, like, an amazing playmaker and also plays, you know, all defense level defense. And I just kind of feel like as much as Fred is great, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Fred because that dude rocks, but... I feel like Siakam, just by virtue of being nine inches taller than Fred, kind of stands a chance at a more sort of prolific NBA career long term. But there are really no bad choices between the, the between them. But are we okay if we slot in Larry at five for sentimental reasons, even though, Mike, we've already established on this podcast, you don't have any feelings? I'm okay with it. Uh, Excellent. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> also, like, I think, like, Bo Bichette deserves mm. to be on the outside looking in as an honorable mention. Um, I think this kid's an absolute stud and and extremely marketable. So I do want to give some love to Bichette too, because I think that he's not too far off from pushing himself into this list. Yeah. He has one more good season. I mean, we're going to be talking about Mm. him in the same breath as Springer um, in terms of MVP candidates, just for what he does on both sides of the ball on defense and in the batter's box. So I'm, I was going to say Bichette as well, but I didn't want to seem, you know, to favor the Blue Jays. But I, I, I personally like I, I wrote down my list here, right? Just as a as a top five when we were discussing about doing this, and, and I actually had Bo Bichette at number three for, for myself. Like I have Bichette ahead of Springer, and maybe it's just again because I haven't seen Springer this year, mainly because you know they decided not to broadcast anything. So I literally am not able to watch him, but like, I just think Bichette, um, he plays the, the, the most difficult position at, at shortstop. And, you know, he's just such an elite talent. The guy just gets on base and he's just that player that I think Toronto is going to really market themselves around. Like I think for the longest time, everyone assumed that Vladdy was going to be that big, uh, that big presence on this team and be the celebrity, that star player in the league uh, for the Blue Jays. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's it's Bo Bichette. Like when you think about the Blue Jays for the next five years, I think the first name that's going to come to your mind is going to be Bo Bichette. Hmm. I, I, hey, I can't really argue with that. He's amazing. Uh, one of the most fun, like 
uprisings too like with his start at the season like his first season and everything the like the the, the star he was on when he was on that hitting streak to start his career yeah mm-hmm. th- th- nothing wrong with Bo Bichette uh I don't know why I was sort of looking at this operation as something we had to come to consensus on I suppose we could all just have our own top fives and not have to like <laughs> have majority rules so let's wrap it up by doing that let's just each drop our top fives maybe we can get someone to turn it into a nice graphic for us as well uh AJ let's start with you what is your consensus you're not consensus what is your personal top five then after having discussed a consensus one well the joys of um you know wielding as much influence as i have i i think i got pretty (laughs) close to what my actual top five is which is um which is matthews springer marner pozuelo and then i probably would put bobachette number five if Mm. only because you know a blue jays and b just the way the Raptors are right now, they they need to have a season in Toronto where they can put this young core together and see what they can do if they are going without Lowry. So I, I don't want to put any of them ahead of Bo for the reasons that Mike so eloquently stated. Um, I think Bo has the opportunity to get there quicker than any of those guys. And like, I know there's already enough love for Fred and OG and even Siakam as much black as he's gotten but yeah i i don't think i put a raptor in my top five if i'm being honest that's fair they've had their time uh mike what's your consensus top five not consensus Uh, why do i keep saying consensus personal top five no this this, this should be consensus because i think i'm correct so let's just (laughs) wow uh the top two for me are maple leafs you know this is a maple leaf town and i think the way that matthews and marner are playing right now is at a, an elite top 10 level. And and I don't think anybody else within the Toronto sports sphere can, can touch that. So I think Matthews and Marner at, at one, two makes sense to me. And like I said, I got Boba Shed here at number three. And then I rounded it off with actually, I got two Raptors. I've got Kyle Lowry as, as Ooh. my legacy pick here at number four and Pascal Siakam as, as my number five. Cause I still, do see that that superstar in Siakam that we saw a couple of years back. And like you said, Sean, he's actually has played way better than people are giving him credit for because of his slow start. And I, I think that this guy is still like a superstar waiting to happen. And, and you know, the fact that he's playing, they're playing a small ball now, like he's being asked to guard a lot of bigs and, and he's being asked to get in the key and do a lot of things against people who are much larger than he is, <laughs> but he's still able to do his little spin move, take it to the hoop type thing that he has patented and has perfected over the years. And he's still doing it against guys who are like seven foot two. So, you know, Pascal, I, I think uh, got so much love early in his career. And now he's going through a little bit of adversity to try and, reprove himself to some of the haters and doubters who kind of cast him aside uh, because of last year's bubble performance and didn't get off to the the hot start. But I still think he's such an amazing player and probably a a top five guy. I will say though, I I didn't really think about TFC. No offense to all of our, uh, all of our Reds fans out there, but (laughs) Pasuelo is actually like a really good pick because he he is so talented. Like he is so such a good soccer player and and one of the best in the league. Like we, we talk about top tens, like Pasuelo, I think is a top 10 in the MLS. Like I, I don't follow it that closely to be quite honest with oh, you. He's probably the best player in MLS. It, 
like, yeah. So uh, he could be higher on this list if we're being <laughs> like completely uh, honest here. Uh, so I, I really love that selection, AJ. But uh, it, it, he just slipped my mind when I made my list. No love for Matt Nichols. Unbelievable. Or I guess Nick Arbuckle is now the new quarterback yeah, dude, of the Toronto Arbuckle. Argos. I don't know, man. Who, who's, who really knows? The CFL hasn't played in two years. So nope. how am I supposed to remember the players? Uh, <laughs> I think my personal top five, now that I've kind of thought it through, listen to your arguments. Uh, Matthews, Springer two, Lowry three. Although I'm going to flip that. Lowry two. He's the sentimental king. It's a subjective thing. We've already said this. Lowry two. Springer three, Marner four, and I'm going to give Hyunjin Ryu some love. He, he rules, and I love a big boy who throws uh, strikes and gets people out. It's very cool. So I'm going to say Hyunjin Ryu. Maybe he doesn't hold on to it for very long, considering his age and all that, but hmm. he was really good last season and is basically the only proven commodity on the Blue Jays pitching staff until Thomas Hatch joins him, of course. Uh, <laughs> I think... We've reached the end of this roundtable. AJ and Mike, this was a ton of fun. Mike, sorry for uh, not talking about the Leafs as much as we said we were going to off the top, but we got the Leafs talk in in the final part. And Matthews and Marner, who matter the most. Um, Mike, what do you got to promote and where can people find you? I think you... Uh... You're throwing some shade on my boy, Zach Hyman. I want to come on this podcast and just throw some love at this guy, and I wasn't able to do it. So I'm going to take this time to just say how much I love Zach Hyman and what he's doing uh, with the Maple Leafs. He's having an unbelievable year, and pay that man. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. And obviously, uh, if you're a Leafs fan, check out the Lockdown Leafs podcast posting a content each and every day, uh, just like you do on wrapped on locked on wraps. And just like AJ does on locked on Jays. Uh, that's what we do here on the locked on podcast network. So locked on Maple Leafs locked on Leafs is where you can find that show for your, all of your Leafs fix. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, AJ, what do you got to promote? I think Mike should be happy. Cause I think Leafs talk would have just consisted of, how do you replace Freddie Anderson and why does Freddie Anderson not stop things anymore? So um, I can answer that question if you want. No, nah, no, nah, that's fine. I'm not going to put you threat. Um, Listen to locked on leaves for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead, if you want baseball talk, you can check out locked on blue Jays on all the major podcast networks, uh, locked on Jays on Twitter. We post all the episode uh, links there when they come out. And you can follow me on Twitter at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb, but hmm. it lets you talk to me. So it can't be all bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great talking to you, AJ and Mike as well. This is a lot of fun. Uh, find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to rate review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated. Uh, and keep track with all three of us throughout the season as the Blue Jays get their season started up. The Leafs head into the back stretch of the shortened NHL season, playing against a division of garbage teams. And the uh, Raptors try to get things back on track and maybe trade their franchise icon in the next fifteen days. Who knows? But Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again on Locked on Leafs, Locked on Raptors, and Locked on Blue Jays. Have a good one, everybody.